Did you know a turkey puppet once ran for the presidency of Ireland? Did you know that meat once rained from the skies of Kentucky? Did you know that there was an emperor of the United States for a while? Then listen to the Wiki Ship Down podcast. We live in an age when the sum total of humanity's knowledge can be found in your pocket on a smartphone at any given time. But when that knowledge is peer editable, like it is on Wikipedia, what does that say about mankind? So follow us down the digital rabbit hole as we drink, joke, and curse our way through the random button on Wikipedia and see where our journey through humanity's knowledge takes us. While you're at it, follow us on all social media at Wikiship Down. I'm Ruthann. I'm Ryan. And be sure to find us every Wednesday on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We are recording. I'm going to count us down. Three, two... But roosters don't have teeth. You're listening to Missing Out with Lex Michael and Tari J. Let's start the show. Hey guys, welcome back to Missing Out. I'm Tari J. I'm Lex Michael. And today we're joined by our special friend, Mark Donico. It's me! Multi-part dissonant harmony. That was very unimpressive. Yeah. I'm proud of us. It was nice, yeah. And we all chose a different spot. Like, some went high, some went low, some went, like, intermittent, which is the perfect way to do a harmony. Right, and the vibe is clearly working in the room, right? Because each of us, without communicating, picked a note that was so dissonant with both other notes that were picked. <laughs> yeah. That was a beautiful thing. Right. That was the a gorgeous disaster. You could put that shit in a museum. Right. Guys, if you ever want us to put that... Send it out to you as a ringtone. We will do that. Beautiful. Um, just hit us up on our uh, Twitter, Missing Outcast. M I S S I N G O U T C A S T. It's very slick. Thank you. The first ever barbershop trio. Ah. Ooh. But we just do dissonant harmonies. Yeah, that's yeah. why there aren't more trios. I'd well, like to imagine we could also be a quartet, but every time we show up, we're like, oh, no, 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 no. The fourth guy, he just, he, he got sick. Food poisoning. And everyone's like always worried about this fourth guy <laughs> being like, what? I mean, he's all, is, 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 he, is he even still alive? Like, did they eat him? Is that why they're always looking at each other so weird? I like to think we could swap out our fourth, like, Spinal Tap keeps losing drummers. Yeah. yeah. Like, just horrible accidents befall them. One time we were all performing that we swear... I know you guys didn't see it. Sorry, we didn't record it that night, but yeah. we were performing with him. It's swear to God, burst into flame spontaneously on stage. The craziest shit I've ever seen. Yep. I wish I'd shot it with my phone. Would have been amazing. Oddly enough, in this era of social media, nobody got a picture. Yeah, it's bizarre. So it's the weird. weirdest thing. Just a, like I guess a low low service area, and everybody's batteries were dying. Exactly. I guess. Totally. I yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you know those those radio free zones are, are real. The killer killer guys. Um, uh, I guess I should also tell you what the show is about. That in might case help. this is your <laughs> yep. very first time. I know I'm lost. Um, you're like, I'm Mark's best friend, and I've never listened to this show, and I'm here for him, and I don't know what he's doing. Well, guys, let me bring you in close. Today, Mark, he's going to be talking to us mm-hmm. on this show in which we introduce each other to different media, uh, whether it be movies, TV shows, uh, web content. Uh, spoken word experiences things Machine of that sort machine that's a, a word that tari taught me today uh-huh. machinima yes there you yes. go <laughs> no, yes. i know i was i came in so so okay so that's yes that's the broad premise of the show i will underail you in a second cool but because because we're uh we're talking about rooster teeth today and because obviously what correct me if i'm wrong to the best of my understanding they're like flagship show right is red versus blue yeah um, I had very little understanding of what it was other than they took kind of animation from from games and used them to make their own story. Mm-hmm. I had seen the word machinima in print a whole bunch and wasn't positive how to pronounce it. I was like, 
Machinima can't be right. <laughs> Cannot be right it's not, today. It's not a bad guess. But today, uh, Tari was kind enough to yeah. correct my foolishness. And by kind enough, he means I shamed him real hard. It really, <laughs> yeah. really. Now I feel stupid for reading. There's still a urine stain on the ground. If I, if, it's a very, very disturbing scene to walk into. But. Yeah, but I already rubbed his nose in it, so it's okay. Oh, okay. Hit me with a newspaper. Yeah. Uh, He'll never do it again. No, I got a big old welt. But it's <laughs> under the headphone band, so you can't see it, but it really hurts me more. Yeah. That's I mean, worst. we just got to make sure not to give him like a, a helmet of sentience that helps him be smarter. Yeah. He'll eventually like take over with all the other Lex Michaels. All of us. Yeah. We're every, we are legion. We're everywhere, bro. Uh-huh. Um, and we've then, always been there. <laughs> uh, oh, also catchphrase of the show, retrospective, introspective, etc. Uh, yep. That's the one. <laughs> so, uh, for those who are unfamiliar with rooster teeth, uh, Mark, can you tell us a little bit about it? Yes, I can. Rooster Teeth is an online media corporation. I am not necessarily a corporation, an online media company. They've been around for 15 years. They started with a couple of live action shorts, uh, but mostly their flagship was a machinima series called Red vs. Blue, which just finished its 16th season. It's crazy. And and it utilized them animating in Halo uh, to make new content with the various Spartan armors, as well as, as the company got a little bit more of a budget, they started being able to animate outside of just using Halo. But they still are mostly in engine unless it's like a crazy killer action scene and from there they've evolved into a live action company they've created several movies and uh, a big powerhouse animation studio a gaming studio and a uh, they have a, a let's play wing a video gaming wing where uh, they have a variety of companies from all over the country I was gonna say world, but not uh, not necessarily. Uh, no, well, yeah, no, yeah, from all over the world. They have a London uh, office as well, as well as a couple of just Australian streamers that they that are under the Let's Play family wing. They're a huge, multifaceted media company that has been going strong and getting stronger for the past fifteen years. And one of the my favorite things about it that that we'll talk about going into it is that you can be familiar with one wing of the company. And be totally to not know what's going on on the other side. Like what brings you into the company won't necessarily be what makes you stay. Yeah. But but for me, one of the things that keep that's been keeping me around and the thing that kept me going in the first place was the animation department. And it's it's expanded so much. And they just recently had their big expo in Austin to discuss the future and more stuff that's coming down the pipeline. It's a wonderful community. The employees are very open to for discussion there there it, it truly feels like a community and not necessarily hey man it's more of oh my god hey like people that you actually talk to online yeah come together for various conventions or meetups or whatever and it feels like we're all we're all in this together <laughs> um, we can also offer that as your ringtone as well just yes. hit us up um don't don't hesitate to to hit us up um, and we're gonna start we're, if it's successful we're gonna do a whole line of mark donica one line covers i'll do it that we can yeah. just and you can buy them as a set you Throw pay five in. bucks you get like 10 of them Ooh, i mean yeah, yeah. Why, um, why the hell not um, yeah so okay but no so, resis for you though no 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 no. we're scamming the shit out <laughs> that's of how you. they get oh, you yeah. but i get exposure that's oh, the great you'll, the you'll make money from selling merch and like touring and stuff <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. um okay so so yeah you describe how big it was and i had only the most general awareness of what they did i was very aware that they had been growing in size 
pretty substantially and that their fan base was insanely passionate. Mm -hmm. But yeah, for the longest time, all I really knew about it was, oh, look at all the little, there's a bunch of little Master Chiefs running around. That's interesting. I could maybe find my way into this, but like, who's got the time? Um, but no, you're not, you're not wrong. 16 seasons in, it's impossible for me to, somebody who's like just kind of recently getting in the company to go, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Right. So you, <laughs> you gave us um, a bit of a sampler, right? Like uh, when you suggested this uh, as a topic, you sent us, uh, you sent Tarialist, he passed it on to me, of a whole bunch of different bits. Like you included links. And it's like, here's a series, here's a series, here's a series. If you only have so much time, here's a good way to get a, a taste of it or here's a good place to jump in. Mm -hmm. And I want to talk about each of the things that we hit on those lists uh, cool. individually. Yeah. My first question, though, before we get to any of that sure. is, can you explain the name of the company to me. Rooster Teeth? Yes. <laughs> so yes, actually, they uh, there was a, an insult that they were throwing around to each other back in the early, 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 early days, back before they even had a production company. Uh, we can we can swear on this on this podcast. Oh, yes, correct? we can. Uh, they were calling each other Cockbite, and they wanted to name it Cockbite Productions, but they're like, oh well, it'll probably be a lot harder to sure. get any sort of business. For so sure. they went, all right, Cock Rooster teeth or bite teeth and Got it. it became rooster teeth well that's whimsical yeah yeah I like uh, it. and cockbite keeps coming back at least in red versus blue but uh as a as an insult in between the various soldiers okay yeah all right now i know that there i didn't go. know that now i do <laughs> i feel just that much lighter than i did a moment ago i'm it's that much closer you. to perfect enlightenment oh man you're you're so there all you got to do mm -hmm. is pronounce machinima correctly and you're all the way there no now i'm gonna stubbornly cling to my poor pronunciation <laughs> and insist it's a tomato tomato thing <laughs> It's, it'll be the new thing. It'll yeah. be perfect. No, let's call the whole thing off. This podcast is over. Ooh, no. Um, the jokes. Some, <laughs> jokes. Jokes guy. Mr. Jokesman. Oh, uh, yeah. The, the J in Tari J stands for, for jokes. Jokesman. Jokesman guy. Jokesman guy. I'm okay. Moving on. Jokes and yelling. J-E-Y. <laughs> oh, that's uh, good. Oh, yeah. man. Is um, it, though? <laughs> Uh, so something I really like about this uh, this company, I was doing some research about their origins, and you were talking about how their their name came about. Um, and originally, like the the main founders, they were just doing like drunk game reviews, right? And then yeah, as gaming. they were reaching out to different uh, people to get games, they were like, "This seems unprofessional. People don't like it." Um, and and so that I find interesting. But the the main thing I really like after after kind of diving into rooster teeth is how much how how much they've grown just starting as a few dudes who wanted to drink and, and review games and now they are a multifaceted company that like was eventually bought by uh full screen and uh, then started different wings and and essentially uh self or crowdfunded a movie and and also uh managed to partner with youtube red and, and make a sequel to that movie because mm -hmm. it was so um, it was so well received and, and, and how much the audience resonates with all the content that they're putting out because their main philosophy is that they only make content that they would watch themselves. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, which like me and like sometimes talk about the idea of like making content just to make content versus making content that you really like and that you're passionate about and like trying to 
to find the balance between those two things because not everything that resonates with you will resonate with other people. Yeah. But if it does resonate with you, odds are there are at least five other people out there somewhere it will resonate with. And if there's five, there's probably 50. And if there's 50, so on, so on, And so And on. Here, yeah. here's a, a weird sort of side story to that. Uh, did you, This wasn't a Rooster Chief series, but remember back around... Um, goodness, was it? It was probably about ten years ago at this point. There was a web series called "There Will Be Brawl" that was a Super Smash Brothers dramatic series. No, I'm getting yes. blank. St- no, no, no. Okay. I've, I've heard of it. Yeah. So it, yeah, the blank stare is is mine. Okay. What but is it, this magic sorcery? It's, witchcraft? it's essentially it's it's a story of betrayal and darkness. Luigi's the main character, and it features every character that appears in Super Smash Brothers Brawl in one way, shape, or form. Okay. Um, but what I found out about it recently is two guys that that I work with at uh, Geek and Sundry at Legendary, Matt Mercer and Matthew Key, were both big parts in that show. Oh. And I was just, it just went and it opened me back up to like wow this was such an experimental time where like ip didn't matter and everybody was just like hey here's a fun story we can do right. i want to be luigi and, and and it it it's a similar thing here where all of this all of this passion is uh you can see directly in the screen and when it comes to to rooster teeth now they're starting to they're they're primarily a comedy company it's usually various forms of comedy whether it's very very silly sketch or or improv or whatever they even have a a a game show that's like a co no a competitive whose line is it anyway type of a show called on the spot but they recently started diving into drama and horror and and there's a live action series that we're not going to talk about too much but it's coming on it's coming on to the el rey network soon it's called Day Five. Is this the one? I saw a promo for this, I believe, before one of the videos. This is the one where the guy is essentially being driven by a lack of sleep. The the sleep kills you. Right. If you okay, it at three o'clock in the morning one day, sleep became deadly. So if you were already asleep within minutes, you were dead. Okay. So anybody who is awake, like doing drugs or on the other side of the world or whatever, now everybody's scrambling to stay awake to figure out a cure. Okay. So it's. Everybody, if you fall asleep, you die. You die. But doesn't the human body, after 10 days of no sleep, also die? That means they have a, a 10-day uh, time frame, doesn't it? Lies the drama. It's, it's wild. It's it's amazing. It's kind of exclusively available. It, it was exclusively available through their streaming service on their website as a, as a premium show. But now it's coming to TV. But it's one of the things of now that they have the size and the budget, Rooster Teeth is able to really divert some of their funds into hey well we had this weird crazy horror suspense thriller idea let's do that and it's gangbusters it's working out killer for them uh is luigi in that one follow up (laughs) not yet why why not yet (laughs) i actually really based on the premise want a crank crossover where like yes. Jason Statham comes and he's like, "You fuckers want to stay awake? I'll go away for you." And he just like everyone starts getting cranked. He's like he's like the pie may. He's the guru that they all have to go to. They have to <laughs> seek out. That's leading to. Yeah, and he's the one who's just like, "This is how you stay cranked." That's my Statham, I guess. <laughs> yeah, and he solid. just defibrillates them. He's injecting them with epinephrine and shit. He's just punching them in yeah. the face and the dick and stuff. Yep. Five episodes mm-hmm. straight of. Oh, yeah. Statham punching dicks and yeah. shooting people with syringes and <laughs> like just, just when you think it'll get Statham over. punching dicks. 
shots like that defibrillator's got to be out of juice by now but nope i guess not shit he's still going yeah it's it's punch fueled every time he throws a punch it creates kinetic energy that fuels the defibrillator um <laughs> do you mark would you like to do a, a statham impression i've done mine lex has done it there are there's no uh, bad there's no bad statham impression no, i mean yes there is <laughs> no no um, such thing no uh, no i can't <laughs> No, I it's can't probably do it. better that way. I'm sure the audience is like, please don't. I'm please. glad. No, I'm, I'm glad like someone Statham's at listening. the table respects themselves enough not to do what we've done. No, I really want Statham to be listening to the, this podcast and be like, I don't sound like that. That's not me. Oh, they got me all wrong. I'm not Statham. Now you're just dropping in a basic <laughs> cockney. Yeah, that sounds closer to like a Ray Winstone. That's what, that's what? what he's saying. That's what he's saying. <laughs> and, and then at some point, and while he's talking, he becomes fucking Michael Caine's like, Master Bruce. <laughs> that sounds nothing like Master Michael Bruce, Caine at all. Do we that doesn't even sound like the same, like, race as Michael Caine. <laughs> Black Michael Caine. Yeah. Hey, what's up? My name's Michael Caine. <laughs> I, I'm just from Mr. Cockney and I'm just hiding there. Hey, this is Michael Caine. Hey, what's up? Uh, uh, there's nothing distinguishing about me that makes me black. I'm just happy to be black. I hope casting gets so open and it's truly the best person for the job to the point where by the time we get to a Michael Caine biopic, it's just black Michael Caine. It's going to oh, yeah. be Lakeith Stanfield. There you go. I'm calling Ooh. it now. Oh my gosh. I would, I would he watch doesn't that. even have to be older. I would, if you told me, <laughs> if they announced like Lakeith, today, yeah, Lakeith Stanfield starring in black Michael, like I, <laughs> today I would clear my bank accounts and tell me where to put that money so I can reserve an entire theater <laughs> only for me. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's getting funded. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're sneaking oh, into man. that one, kids. Jeez. <laughs> uh, um, I guess we should probably jump into I some mean, of the content that they create. <laughs> um, <laughs> we talked a little bit of, uh, about Red versus Blue. Um, so, so I feel like... Do you want should... to talk about the, their whole their whole current slate right now? Sure. Yeah. All right. So the, the animation department was sort of born from Red versus Blue. And uh, back, goodness, like seven years ago... A, a few teasers for a new show called Ruby came out. It was uh, highlighting each of the four main characters, and it was an anime-style show, which now I everybody just is anime. It's an American anime yeah. that has gone to the point where Warner Brothers Japan has licensed it to dub over in Japanese. Oh, nice. Yeah, which is never... Something like that hasn't happened before, especially for a web-based company. So I would say between Red vs. Blue and Ruby are kind of the two flagship shows right now. Yeah. And uh, after that, we were introduced... Actually, there, there are a couple of series in between that only lasted for a season or two that have since gone away. But um, currently, there's Camp Camp, which is a summer camp that is sort of a, a bargain bin. Uh, hey, you want to go to science camp? We... We bought a science kit, so I guess technically we have a science camp. We, we've constructed a half pipe if you want to do extreme sports camp. So it's all these kids kind of going to this uh, re- really terrible and shoddy uh, summer camp. It's it's one of my favorite shows that the network puts out. But it's, uh, uh, it's wonderful. It just finished its third season, and they're doing some holiday shorts later this year. Okay. And then the most recent show is called Nomad of Nowhere. It's a Western samurai jack with a little bit more magic-esque show about the last magic user in a desert wasteland uh but it's very texan 
and and it's it's got a very unique style and feel to it. But those are the four main shows, and then there's another show that they've announced for January. It's coming January 2019 called Genlock, which is 3D animated, co-produced by Michael B. Jordan, who is also starring in it, mm-hmm. Dakota Fanning. And uh, I don't know if you guys... There's David little, Tennant, baby. Tennant, yeah, I was, was going to say, British, I, British one, actor, of the, one of the Tennant. items on the list of things you sent us was the, was the British actor David Tennant, yeah, who you dude, may, you may not know <laughs> from anything. Yeah, uh, I've never heard of him. What, he what has was he the, done? He was the, Scrooge McDuck. He was oh, the, okay. That's right, he is that. He was the licky guy in Harry Potter yeah, the Goblet the movie. Oh, oh, he's the bad guy in Final Space. Got it. Yeah. Okay. The, oh, yeah, him too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the Fright Night remake. Anyway, yes. one of the Crazy. Yeah. One of the uh, one of the items on the list that you sent us was the trailer for that show. Mm-hmm. And then when I heard Tennant's voice, I was like, is that David Tennant? And without looking it up, I just let it settle into my soul. And I knew instinctively it was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I discovered. All right. So go with me for a second. <laughs> okay. Here we go. We're going on a journey. Once this news broke, I didn't choose to internalize it this way, but I discovered at some point a little bit later um that I associate now, even though this is an incredibly recent development, I associate the image of Michael B. Jordan with the words rooster teeth. But the image image that pops into my head, it's like a bizarre word association. The image that pops into my head when I hear rooster teeth is it's Michael B. Jordan in full costume as Killmonger, but instead of his hair, he's got the big rooster kind of like red (laughs) hat part, and his teeth are the big chattering teeth. And he's the mascot, and his name is Mr. Rooster Teeth, and I didn't, I've never articulated this as such before, but that is what my brain does. Every time I hear Rooster Teeth, I picture Michael B. Jordan as Mr. Rooster Teeth. Mr. Rooster Teeth. Um, I... Mr. Rooster Teeth is my father. I... (laughs) <laughs> Everyone just calls me Rudy. <laughs> oh man, I, I I've never requested fan art on this show before, but I really I need I need it. I need that. That's got to be a real easy Photoshop, right? Like, I, I mean, yeah. But also, hand draw that motherfucker. Just like put put pen to paper and make it a reality in my life. Yes. Oh, yes. I know, the, the chattering teeth may present a dated sort of look if you catch my meaning i do oh then we're not gonna go with the chattering teeth but i still want him to have just the just rooster headpiece like a, a hand that is clearly not his holding the teeth right just or like even, kind yeah. of up from i right. mean but even that he could just be holding the teeth himself and petting it like it's blofeld's cat nice. and Ooh. shit i actually like imagine it being uh an action shot where his they're like actually dentures popping out of his mouth so they're like gross spit lines coming from it and him like reaching for it a little bit and you're just like haha I, I, I see it I see it it's Got all a bunch there of jokes. I like yeah. the idea that it's like a power of his that he's launching them on purpose <laughs> yeah and that's why the hands are up like Doctor Strange style uh-huh. he's just lining his shot up and then boom and adding Ooh. to that it's a never ending source of teeth so it's just like boom Yes. <laughs> Where are the teeth coming from? <laughs> Doesn't matter. And not, not yeah. one tooth at a time. The entire set yeah. of oh, all yeah. of the teeth. Every time. Yes. Oh, man. What a terrible curse <laughs> has befallen Michael B. Jordan. <laughs> this this is the power that I got. Like in the mutant power lottery, I got launches teeth yeah. <laughs> repeatedly. And regenerates right. teeth and continues to <laughs> launch them. It's like the dude in, um, I think it's like X-Men The Last Stand, whose power seems to be making sticks out of his arm and oh, throwing them. Spike, yeah. Was that supposed to be Spike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Um, the I B stands Mr. for best S- powers. Mr. Stickman, Mr. Sticks, Mr. <laughs> Sticks guy, Sticksman, Sticky Joe. I don't, I'm done. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Only his friends can call him Sticky Joe. <laughs> it's, just, it's Mr. Stickman to you, specifically. You wronged him at one point. You cut him off in traffic, and he hates your guts. <laughs> I'm just excited for him and Colossus' team, team up film, Sticks and Stones. Ah, uh, So anyway, we should, we should, we should probably, um, um, we yes. should, I guess we should probably talk about the list that you sent us, right? We're going to no, back, no. back to business, aggressive, hard pivot, back to business. Yes. Um, um, hard podcasting. So I want to talk about Camp Camp. Um, and how you, many, how many did you watch? Cause I watched a handful of Camp Camp episodes nice. as well. Um, I watched, I think I watched a couple and then I watched some like reviews about it to get like other people's feeling. I will say, um, I don't feel like it was made for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the tonal difference um, throws me off, and that's not necessarily my style. So I really wanted to like talk to you, especially s- since you mentioned that it's one of your favorites. Like, mm-hmm. what a, what is it that like speaks to you about Camp Camp? It's for those who didn't watch it uh, in the audience. Like, it is um, when I say tonal difference, it's it's very like young animation, but also like adult language and adult not adult situations because there ain't no kids fucking but like um camp camp there ain't no yeah. kids fucking, <laughs> ain't no kids fucking. you could take that one but it's still running right there's time <laughs> yeah that's true um but like mark's just you know, shaking his head uh, like no fan art. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, um, but so you talk about the 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 style of it right the look of yeah. it the feel of it the the juxtaposition of kind of a, a light whimsical sense of humor with like at least one kid going holy shit fuck everything fuck you fuck my life yep what it reminded me of uh camp camp more than any other and maybe it's only because most of the primary characters are kids years and years and years ago um there was i think one of the first web cartoons like ongoing semi-serialized web cartoons that i ever found was something called shouks uh <laughs> S-H-A-W-K-S. Okay. So you're both kind of staring at me like you don't know what it is. That's fine. I was it really was excited a, when you said web cartoons. Like, oh, I've seen a bunch of those. Super, Never heard of that. Yeah. Super, uh, I guess, must be a super niche thing. But the premise of it was that there was a hostile takeover going on. And it was literal. It was sharks that came up on land and dressed up as people and were essentially trying to topple civilization and rule it. And it could be anybody. And like the way you spot a shark as a person is you check their neck and if you see gills it's it's a shark and so their whole deal this the main character's <laughs> name is randy and he pronounces his r's like w so he's like hello my name is wandy and he pronounces them like w so sharks become shokes um the way you twap a shoke it's almost El- elmer fuddy uh, yeah. But they'll lay out buckets of chum, chicken blood, and fish guts, and they will lure these people, these sharks in people suits, to the bucket of chum. They will spring a trap, and then they'll literally kill them. <laughs> yeah, and I gotta check this out. This Just... was the underlying premise of the thing. Uh, there are a couple kind of catchy songs that they do as individual episodes, but I haven't thought about this show in years and years and years and years and years, uh, and probably would continue to have not thought about it were it not for Camp Camp, which uh, aesthetically reminded me of it a great deal. Kind of the the combination of whimsy and darkness and profanity mm-hmm. and shit. Like it, very, very similar to me. Like yeah. Neither one of you have heard of it. No. Um, <laughs> I'm happy we went on that journey though. Yeah. That was, thank you for taking us Wonderful there. field trip. Um, it actually reminded me of, and the whole time Lex was talking, I was trying to remember the name of it. 
Um, and I couldn't, but it's the, uh, it's the Nick Kroll, uh, animated movie, um, Big Mouth on oh. Netflix. It really reminded me of that. And I, I think that like, there's now a big market for, um, for animated content, um, in the style that we had as kids, but made for adults. Mm-hmm. I think that like, that is a big thing that's cause like we as adults now, we, you know, we need a reprieve from the world around us. Um, and nostalgia mm. really like hits that. And I think that like that juxtaposition between the tones is really nice for uh, appealing to those two sides. Also, it adds to the comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I totally get why people like the show. Um, but I want to know why you like the show. So with Camp Camp, I've, I've discovered recently that it reminds me of a lot of feelings that I had as a kid of not being understood by the adults, but then also seeing how the adults react to the kids is how I am now. It's giving me sort of like a full spectrum emotional remembrance, like a genetic memory of like, oh, I remember this thing. And I remember these people that I, that I used to see at summer camp yeah. and I've n- never seen or heard from again, right. but it's, it's just, <laughs> it's the kind of the, the innocence or the feeling that, uh, especially when it comes to Max, I know how everything's going to work out and nothing works out that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked sort of uh, how it wasn't, you couldn't necessarily determine time unless you saw it pass in the show. Yeah. And and even now, we don't know how long after season three, how much more time is left in this summer or how much time has already passed. But it's just, hey, here's an adventure of these kids. Hey, here's an adventure of this. And a lot of the, I think maybe it was because it was 2D and 2D was always one of my favorite animation styles. It also reminded me a lot of early, 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 early South Park where it yes, was for sure. it was about yes. kids and adults and kids thinking they know what the world is as opposed to the statement making show that it's been it's become and right. become really watered down i guess is a weird way to put it um but i think also maybe my my relationships with the the people involved might have also led me to like it a little bit more but it's that i love just that the i think the comedic timing is right up my alley and i adore it there is uh you mentioned the comedic timing there is a certain bluntness to some of the moments that I absolutely love as much as I am a fan of very you know very layered intellectual uh wit uh I am a sucker for just the most belligerent blunt like um every single time a vehicle smashed into the counselor I just was sitting on my couch cackling to myself and one of my favorite things about it is that they use the same scream Every time. Yep. And it's it's one of those things of he wouldn't scream the same way. Yeah, but it also reminds you, oh, this is animation. They have a limited amount of resources. Let's just use the scream every time. It'll be a gag. Right. And I love how even if for a moment you're sort of anticipating a vehicle hitting him, it is so sudden and so blunt that it feels like it comes out of nowhere every single time. And mm-hmm. that, again, like just just belligerently quadrupled down on the thing. And if you hit it that hard and you're committing that fully, I will laugh consistently. And and one of my favorite uh, jokes that came out of just from the first two episodes is all of episode one. David's like, I got this camp song. And then when you get to episode two, it's the theme song. Yep. And now every, uh, every year at RTX, when they do a panel for camp camp, it starts with a sing along. That's awesome. Like behind the curtain, the, the voices do like a no, not 
on or like something like that and a bouncing ball version plays on the big screen and the cast is running around singing it like crazy people in an entire room of hundreds of people is singing along and it's just it reminds you of camp right yeah that's, that's awesome. That is really cool, right? Like, I don't know too. I know that they have a, a set, like yeah, essentially their own con that they do every year, but mm-hmm. I don't know all that much about it. But even just that, what you described there, that sounds insanely cool. Like that sounds like a very tight knit familial experience that mm-hmm. just happens to be made up of hundreds plus people. Yep. And now it's I think I think this past year was eight to eight to ten thousand people Dang. So came and they thousands plus people at the austin <laughs> convention center and it went across three hotels in the convention center had various events for for various companies now that they have a couple of a couple of people under under their wing as well but it's for games it's for culture it's all, all sorts of stuff they have an animation festival that last year featured frederator um this year they had uh they had a lot of other smaller companies involved but it's it's becoming a lot bigger of an event but it's it's my favorite convention to go to just because i don't feel super pressured yeah at all like it's it i know that everybody that's here likes something that i like right. it's, it's the similar thing that you get from other conventions but the the organization is more for everybody to have a good time other not necessarily for the event to run well right even though the event is run really well I'll say yeah, that. I also imagine there being like you were talking about the community earlier. Um, something that about we were talking about uh, Comic Con a while ago, like mm-hmm. I want to say like a month ago, whenever Comic Con happened, um, and how you'll be essentially lost in a sea of strangers um, and just like surrounded by people who are interested in the same stuff as you but like i imagine at like an rtx um you see a bunch of the same people and and it's like it's almost like going back to summer camp where you're where you're like oh man i get to see barbara again um we, we only see each other at rtx i don't know stop giving me that face barbara's a cool name well no but um, actually it's funny you say that barbara is one of the main actresses at rooster teeth she plays neris the cute on camp camp yang on ruby yeah. uh like she she's a very well-featured person so it's very random and amazing that you picked barbara as a name yeah everyone loves barbara everybody does love bar yeah that sweet sweet synchronicity exactly how you say how you say is mm-hmm. um we're all uh hosts at one time or another of a little place called after buzz tv mm-hmm. uh, and thanks to the connection that we do a show um myself and three other hosts we do a show surrounding all of the animated projects and some of the live action ones as well. But for the past four years, we've been going to RTX. We've had a panel for four years and we've also been able to do media with a lot of people. But uh, the relationships that we've built from that first year, whether it be with other media companies that we only see that one time a year Mm -hmm. um, and also with the various talent that of course we talk to on social media all the time, but it's, Definitely that. And and it's very much a camp feeling where it's this one time a year we get to hang out, go to Sixth Street, drink, grab some donuts from Voodoo Donuts, whatever, and just have a good time together. And then also come back during the day and get to geek out over animation or gaming or whatever and yeah. just have a really good time. It's one of the most – and they're even like on a – for um, one of our – or actually everybody, everybody. Everybody who goes to RTX has just RTX friends. And it's, it's really – interesting this past year i or every year i keep meeting new people and talking to new people whether they're uh guardians which are the volunteer sort of uh helpers that are that are rooster teeth fans that care just that much more as opposed to just regular security but it's just it's top top of the line because 
everybody cares. Yeah. And uh, just meeting people next year, I'm going to have to stop by and see even more people yeah. than this past year where I just barely managed to see everybody that I've been wanting to see. And it's lucky to, it, I've, I've been lucky enough to build relationships with people from the company, whether actors or animators or storyboard or whomever to where now I can, at least at RTX, I can put them on the interview list and at least go, great. I guarantee that I'll be able to see this person because I have 15 minutes with them. Right. Nice. <laughs> but I, it's that that camp atmosphere I and, and that feeling of, oh, we all get together to enjoy this thing. I think camp camp being about summer camp and about that idea of it brings that mentality and it brought that mentality to me over the past couple of season, at seasons end to the point where my wife and I were on vacation. We went to Mammoth and Mammoth? No, Big, Big we, Bear? Big Bear. We went yeah. to a wooded lake region Got it. in uh, East, Yellowstone, Eastern California, <laughs> and um, there was a day we watched the the newest episode because we brought our, our uh, Google uh, whatever it's called, yeah, Chromecast. Um, Chromecast. Yes, yeah. we brought that and we watched the new episode, and then we were we were just like really like let's ju- let's just hang out. What do you want to do? Hey, let's watch all of Camp Camp. <laughs> we watched the entire <laughs> series of Camp Camp. And it's one of my, both of ours, favorite memories from the vacation. Like, we got to see wildlife and this and that. But no, remember we just hung out, drank, and, and rewatched all of Camp Camp? That was awesome. <laughs> just because we had an opportunity, like, we had the time, and we got a chance to enjoy something that we both uh, that we both really enjoy. And, th- and that's one of the things. My wife isn't, she isn't a gamer. So Red vs. Blue wasn't necessarily for her. I started, we started watching Ruby together. And then we yeah. started watching Camp Camp and Nomad. And now to the point where I think she has enough interest in this company to where she would want to go to RTX. As opposed to just, oh, I'm just going to go for one panel. So why should I go? But right. now it's it's the community and all of the fan stuff and and everything. And it they really build there's a connecting thread when it comes to rooster teeth material, but at the same time, it, everything can stand on its own, but camp camps kind of the best. No. Um, speaking of, I want to pivot a little bit because you were mentioning the animation. Mm -hmm. Um, I really liked the animation in both camp camp and, um, uh, what is it? No man of nowhere. Yeah. Um, it was, it was super smooth and I spent a lot, like one of my notes is like, is this flash? Is this hand drawn? Like it, you, you can, you can't tell it. I mean, not necessarily hand like computer drawn, but like, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, and it, it is really, um, it's like really smooth and well done. And the voice acting really fits it so well. Yeah. Um, and it, it, I know that their, their animation studio is, is fairly young compared to like most other animation but studios, it's grown but it's real, real fast. Yeah. And it's, 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 there's nothing amateur about it, which I really love. Yeah. Um, like you can tell that when they decided to make this venture, they were like, we have to make sure that we come out with a bang. And they did that. Um, especially with like the scale and magnitude of nomad of nowhere with all the like really big, like background plates, um, all of the intricate design of, um, the environments and even just like, a bunch of the little things when when it comes to like the character design, like their their like outfits and their hairstyles, and and just the way that they interact with each other is really cool. And two D action is so much more difficult than three D action because yeah. they do a lot of mocap for Ruby and Red versus Blue, but for uh, Nomad especially, they had to 
create a or, well not, not, they didn't necessarily create but they're utilizing a new system that essentially keeps both feet on the ground weighted unless you need to and then it adjusts the model appropriately if you need like if toth kicks something they did a whole thing about i highly recommend both y'all if you're interested if you end up watching more of the shows all of the panels from rtx are available on mixer and uh, a lot of the 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 nomad panel was about the animation of it and tests and original versions of various characters and the the bones of it but one of the things that i le- ended up learning about nomad is because of the scope of it because it's a traveling show uh they they took a little bit of extra time they did the first six episodes and went okay uh break time and they they instead of just going right into the next six they went, all right, let's take some time and really build out the last half of the season so that we can really put our all into everything. And the second half of the season just started this last pr- this past Friday. And already it's like, oh, this is what happens when they're not at crunch 24-7. And it's starting to reflect that. It's starting to get bigger. We're starting to get into bigger locations and more... Uh, diverse locations so the the dedication of the team is second to none and and i'm not just saying that because i'm friends with with some of them but uh it it truly shows and and i think you can compare it to a lot of tv animation today and Mm -hmm. and not and at least go wait which one of these is on television which one of these is an internet cartoon i can't tell that was the same feeling that i was having watching pretty much all of it across all of the shows obviously some things are like built in a game engine but as far as like say camp camp or nomad of nowhere i was having the same thought there is a certain smoothness to it that i think like um i don't know without a layer of like not grain but like whatever the tv does to the image as it gets to you um you know i think you could you could maybe like I know it's your computer thing, but like it was, it feels so. <laughs> I know like I a, say that. That's yeah. what I said the whole time. I was like, "Did your computer thing?" Wait, what did he say? Ten seconds back. Um, but yeah, I sat there going, "This in terms of how it feels and the way it's hitting my brain." Yeah, okay, animation now, but like the same feeling, the same like receptors are being hit as when I was watching cartoons when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. Like it is that same, like they're able to nail that feel so insanely well. And it's helped by, and I don't, I don't know the names of the cast members yet. I haven't internalized Mm -hmm. it, but these insanely excellent performances that feel so fully, fully, fully realized in a way that, you know, not to knock other web shows or web companies <laughs> but like i feel like even if the animation's really pretty i feel like that element is frequently lacking mm. these performances are like stunning oh yeah like so, some of them more so for camp camp uh, well, well actually no because for for nomad as well uh, one of my favorite things that rooster teeth has done even in growing as much as they have is they still maintain a level of in-house performance because a lot of it especially with red versus blue it started out just well we have to do this right and then ruby was very similar where it was all the the main at the majority of the cast were people that worked for the company and now as the series has grown or all of the series have grown they've like season 10 of red versus blue they had elijah wood be the main uh, antagonist uh Mm. for ruby has added vic mignogna as a as a regular character, like who even just comes in and does bit stuff for for comedy purposes, yeah. as well as the the main voices. And then Vic Mignogna is the Edward Elric in Brotherhood. There you go. That I had to give him context. Oh, that's okay. I Sorry. was just gonna nod and let it go. <laughs> no, it happened and it totally worked. It totally worked. Like, oh, oh, you know Vic, great. Um, 
and but for camp camp there's a lot more of the in-house rooster teeth element in terms of maybe not people that work for the company but people that have worked on various projects across uh given um Travis Willingham, who, if you know him from Critical Roller, he's the current voice of Thor in animation, um, is, voices Cameron Campbell, the the brawny guy. Yeah. And um, his he has so much fun with that damn role. Um, but when it, in Nomad, there's, there's more of a mix of uh, super pros and in-house people. Like one of the writers, Eddie Rivas, is one of the dandelions. Or one of the Let's Play guys, Ryan Haywood, who does voice various people across the various animated shows, is another one of the dandelions. So there's still places where, oh, we know that voice. We know that voice. They always have in-house auditions and give people an opportunity. Yeah. So it they, they still try to keep it to where it everybody has an opportunity to be a part of it, whether you're animating it. There was a recent episode of Camp Camp where they ventured into the city and there was a lot of random lines here and there. So that was this animator, that animator, this person in the back, whatever. But it still helps keep it... It feels professional, but it's still also very communal. Yeah. Because you're, you're seeing names in the credits a couple times. Yeah. I liked, I've always liked like even just like filmmakers who keep bringing the same cast members back over and over. I mm-hmm. love the idea even if it's only illusory that we have sort of a, a roster, like a stable, like we have, you know, like the, the rooster teeth players, if you will. It, it's exactly what it is. Cause sometimes for like, especially for Nomad, I'm like, all right, well, when's this person going to show up? When's this person going <laughs> right. to show up? What kind of a character are they going to play? Just because they're so, they're great. <laughs> they're yeah. so, everybody's does such a great job. But even though there is one cast member or there's one actor that's always portrayed as some kind of a weirdo um he plays wash in red versus blue he plays uh the quartermaster in camp camp his name is shannon mccormick but they always pigeonhole him as some sort of a creepy weirdo type of person that has maybe maybe they're almost entirely on the level but then there's one little thing that makes him go what are you (laughs) (laughs) but he's like yeah whatever it's good work i like it i like the company (laughs) Oh man. Um something I, I uh, also really like just talking about that family environment at Rooster Teeth um is like they're super adaptive. Um so I'm I'm going to get real inside baseball about Do the it. entertainment industry. Climb up in that baseball, um, dude. Ooh, I'm going to get inside. I'm going to going to going to peel back that leather. And, and it's just weird. What? No, like like baseballs have like leather on the outside and then a bunch of string and then a core. I'm going to get to the core. Watching you try and backpedal <laughs> from peel back the leather is is glorious. <laughs> this is breathtaking backpedaling. Um I mean, I just think it's really interesting that like it's very hard to survive as a, a a company that started online. And we were talking earlier about the difference between like TV versus like something online, which that line is blurring so much it like almost doesn't even matter. Mm-hmm. And and the fact that like they've been able to not only survive in in such a like harsh environment that like the like trends and and new cool things die so quickly and companies like even full screen um that like bought them is is kind of like already starting to feel the effects of that and and like the online communities are changing so often and the fact that they were able to take the this content that they made out of love and like find ways to continue to grow as a company is really astounding because like 
there are so there's so many opportunities out there that they are taking advantage of, like you were talking about, like ha- them dubbing it uh, in in dubbing Ruby in Japan, mm-hmm. like just finding those little like avenues just to keep funding their their like personal passion projects is really like shows how business savvy they are, even though they just started as like four dudes in a basement talking about video games. It's remarkable the during the Ruby panel their section about like our business partners or our product partners, or here's some stuff that's coming out from various different companies. Like they just got some clothes in forever 21. Like their, their FYE is kind of the big nerdy, like brick and mortar store. They've been working with them for a while, but they've got three songs coming to rock band. They've got, um, they've got a young adult novel coming out through Scholastic featuring some side characters that people were very interested about. Yeah. But they keep figuring out ways to build the world and the audience. They have uh, manga artists in Japan making new stories or retelling stories in a manga format and then releasing those in Japan and then here through Viz Media um, or Shonen, actually. They're, they're going to be featured in, in Shonen. The retelling of... One, volumes one through three, I believe, are going to be featured in Shonen Jump, which oh, really? is crazy because yeah, Shonen, no, insane. Shonen is literally young male protagonist. Right. So a story about four action girls in action skirts, combat skirts, is yes. going to be a headline of a very male-dominated uh, publication. Yeah, and that's, I think the biggest insanity about that is it's only been up until the last few years that like the the idea of like, anime and manga come from japan Mm -hmm. like that concept up until like i think i was talking about it in 2014 where i was (laughs) like you like it's like champagne and that like it's not champagne unless it comes from the city of champagne in france otherwise it's just sparkling wine like people were very specific about that And, and now like even people who make uh, people who make manga and anime are just like it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it like as long as it is good and people like it, like that distinction is literally meaningless. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact that they were able to bridge into uh, Shonen Jump, which is renowned to be a very pretentious, like like their licensors um, and like uh, are very pretentious and didn't trust the internet even through like 2010, 2011, like they were very specific about that distinction and the fact that they were even able to get content in there says so much about how well done and uh highly accepted and and loved their content is mm-hmm. and we haven't even talked about ruby <laughs> oh, yeah. no which i want to i'm just having a moment i have these moments every so often and i'm i'm having a couple in sequence right now where i am reminded that there are entire universes of popular culture many of which overlap extensively that I just have almost no exposure to or experience with at all. Yeah. Like this entire other world that exists between the spaces of this one. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I'm just having a moment where I'm like, wow, okay, I can follow conceptually what you guys are talking about. But Tari, you're having these big moments of recognition. <laughs> like, yes, I understand exactly what that thing is or who that person is. And I'm going, I don't... <laughs> But be these these um these areas, right? Like they are so 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 massive. These other universes that I haven't really been exposed to. So when I have a moment like that, I'm almost a little flabbergasted that universes this massive. I have just sort of 
missed out on. Hey, uh, Swish! Three points! Um, he said the name was the name! He said the name! He said the name! Now the whole show starts folding in on itself. There's just a black hole coming out of the microphone. I don't feel so good. Oh, oh, there he goes. <laughs> it was only Mark, though, so like we're good. We made we're, the like, cut. We're, no, we're <laughs> indiscriminate. Um. Anyway, so yes, let's um let's talk about Ruby. You had us watch, uh, or on the list you sent us, you recommended some of the character shorts, mm-hmm. and so I watched. I think all of them, and I no idea really what was going on. Sure, the, especially the first four. Nobody did because that was before any sort of a plot happened so it's just sort of hey check out this really cool action but something about uh the tone of it and the look of it and the kind of the mechanics of the motion in it were really doing it for me mm-hmm. um i really like this sort of i don't know if you like it's cell cell shading kind of look to it yeah i would say starting out it was yeah pretty close to that yeah, yeah and yeah. then the way everybody was moving especially in combat i was like oh okay this is what every video game movie should be doing <laughs> this is this is exactly like why is it that hard to do that they figured it out look they cracked the code everybody from now on watch these videos do exactly this i love the way the camera would just or, you know quote unquote camera mm-hmm. would zip around somebody's body as they were you know facing their attackers with their weapon raised i love that at one point in one of them we just jump into first person and shooter for a second in a yeah. way that feels bizarrely organic. It shouldn't feel that organic <laughs> to suddenly jump in and out of first person, but it absolutely did. It didn't feel it. You remember they made a, a movie of um, Doom a bunch of years ago? I will yeah. never forget. With like Dwayne Johnson and Carl Urban and they they really kind of leaned on it's like the video game, so you're going to jump into first person sometimes and it's just like it didn't work. Mm. To you it didn't. Well, all right. <laughs> it's the only it's what makes the movie worth it is like, all right, we sat through this slog of what they called quote doom. Right. Now this is doom. Right. I guess all right, that's totally fair, right? Cuz I didn't necessarily have too much experience with the games. Okay. So so maybe that's like yeah, I had right. almost like the inverse like and the other part of it didn't really work that great for me either. Um it's fine. But uh, it felt so natural, like suddenly, foom, I'm actually in this POV, foom, I'm actually out of this POV, and it felt like uh, uh, going beat to beat in that action sequence felt utterly organic to me, and I thought that was really, really impressive. Mm. Yeah, I mean, the the I, I know that everyone loves Red versus Blue, but like, uh, Ruby was my first foray into Rooster Teeth content. Really? Like, yeah, I've seen every episode, all the shorts. Um, oh, great, great, great. Yeah, and so I, and, and it's because of the immense, uh, super well choreographed action sequences, but also like the the comedic sensibilities. Like, it's a dramatic show with comedy in it, mm-hmm. but also like it has such uh, a vastly nope. I don't know how to use adjectives. Um, it has really well done character development as well. Like you spend time with each of these characters, you understand their motivations, you understand like a li- like just enough of their backstory for them to build on as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, but also just like their different fighting styles really complement one another. Um, and so like, and you, if I remember correctly, it's all it, it, the inception was because. Monty Ohm, just Ohm, Ohm, Monty Ohm, like who used to do a lot of like uh, just shorts of fight sequences. His like, his most famous one being one called Haloid, which was Samus versus Master Chief. Yes, um, that sounds so, very stressful. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's nuts. 
Does uh, Master Chief know that 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 Samus is a lady? She figured he figures it out pretty is, quick. Yeah. Does he feel appropriately guilty? Hmm. I mean, he's watching it right now. Well, I have I have my roommate and I talk about this idea of like if you, if it's two two capable fighters, the gen, the like gender's sexes shouldn't matter. So like I imagine he's just like you're a good fighter, and she's like. I know. And then they just keep wailing on each other. Um, uh, I like the idea that there's this moment where, uh, like in Batman Returns, when he's fighting uh, Michelle Pfeiffer, and she's she goes like, how could, you, how could you do that? I'm a woman. And Batman's like, oh, I'm sorry. And she's like, ha, I got you, bitch. And like, claws him. <laughs> yeah. Fa- the famous line from, from Michelle Pfeiffer. <laughs> got you, bitch. <laughs> Oh, geez. Um, but yeah, like uh, Monty had a vision for what this world should be. And he found a way to not only create dynamic fight scenes, but also wrap them in a story that is compelling as well. And it also had the advantage of appealing to both teenagers and adults in that like it's set in, in what one would qualify as high school, yeah. um, which like all anime is always a high school and then they venture off to like other stuff. But like it had a, a rich mythology in addition to like great visuals and fight scenes. Like it started the, one of the, one, I, actually I don't remember how early you hear about it in the show, but you hear about this war that happened 80 years ago and it was sort of just for the, for the sake of creativity, people were fighting, fighting for art. And as a result, that's why kids were named after colors to sort of, brighten up the world a little bit more. But then you're like, wait a minute. There was a war. All right, 80 years, that's young. That's really young. What's happening? It, like it keeps it kept it keeps giving you glimpses of the world that came before to the point where now we're in at the end of season 5, are we starting to figure out what has happened and what what they did to the point where in the middle of seasons starting I think in season three, they started doing these shorts called World of Remnant where they would say, where they would just explain stuff. Where it's like, hey, you know that, those little magic crystals? Here's what happened with that. Hey, you know this company that you've seen on the wall once? Here's what happened with that. And it just so that, but probably because within the next two episodes, they're going to go real deep with it. So they they were very, very tied into making sure that this world was complete and not just like, oh, we're best friends and we're fighting bad guys. Like mm. it, it's... A very rich tapestry of a world, despite being still a very young show. Yeah. Like, it, it has, uh, I would say, all of the, like, the classic beats in terms of storyline, in, sto- in terms of, like, their seasons where, like, the first season is very much getting to know the characters, and, and like, they're like, I'm just starting school, and this is how we interact stuff. I'm a with, nerd. Like, right. With, like, <laughs> something serious going on in the background. And then, like, by the time you get to the second season, it's like, oh, man, we're building out the world in that there are other schools. And, like, we have our, like... Um, tournament arc. <laughs> tournament arc. Of course. You always Another have to anime have trope, the tournament tuning arc. exam. I'm so lost. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, like, by the third season, like, shit gets real. Like, you're, you've built out enough of the world and you've uh, essentially planted enough seeds where you can start letting them grow and really affect the characters. And you get to a point where, like you you can never go back and i love getting to that point like there's the very specific thing that happens in it's end of season three isn't end of season three yeah yeah. 
I mean, I don't, I don't it's spoil the, it's it. It's the loss of innocence, essentially. Yes. Where they go from being kids to immediately having to grow up. Uh, and it, it, people thought at the time that it was a little gratuitous and like, how, how could you do that? But which that just kind of shows that's how connected you got to this world. That's how connected you got to various characters that right. may or may not be in the show anymore. But yeah. it's because uh, then after season three, they changed to a new animation style which they're similarly to in seasons one through three, they're just kind of now getting to similarly to like video game development. They're now starting to unlock all of the the things that they need in order to make a really dynamic show. And they just released a new character short uh, that may that ha- the action feels like an evolution from stuff that you would see in the original shorts but it's now done in this new style but it's just as electric just as uh snappy just as exciting and has a badass soundtrack behind it mm-hmm. but it's now all in this new style and it's yeah. super cool so the adam one right the adam one okay yeah uh, that one it's really good especially because i think the the biggest standout for me is the camera work in terms of showing the passage of time mm-hmm. Um, so there's a moment when like a character walks out of frame, you see the door close and then characters run through and time has passed and mm-hmm. it just shows just in the way that like the, they block the characters. And mm-hmm. It's really interesting. Like they maintain a shot, but time passes without you knowing it. Yeah. And, but it, it now seeing glimpses of this character throughout time gives you a little bit more of a wide scope of which is what an asshole he is. Um, and, and an asshole who doesn't deserve fight scenes that cool. Yeah. Uh, it, and speaking to the communal aspect of it, they showed us that short in its entirety at RTX. And there's a moment he's, he's like an abuser, like, like uh, not, not at least we haven't seen physical, but verbal and, and, and controls one of the characters really, ugh, really grossly. Um, and there's a scene where where of, of dialogue between him and Blake. Uh, it's the past, so it doesn't necessarily matter. Where where he's like, I'm just, I just get upset when I think you don't believe in me anymore. And the entire crowd went, Ugh. oh yeah. <laughs> and when they came back, they went, thank you. That's the exact reaction we were hoping for. Yeah, because she's like, hey dude, you're being an asshole, and he's like. How how dare you? What? How dare you? And she's like, "Oh no, I, I didn't mean, I didn't mean it." And he's like, "Gotcha, bitch." <laughs> and we're back. Which, of course, the Batman Returns reference, <laughs> right, yeah, as you know. <laughs> so they laid that one a little thin, but you yeah, know what? Yeah, yeah. I think the crowd at RTX we appreciated that one. <laughs> you got my Batman reference. How nice. <laughs> oh jeez. Uh, um, but uh. Guys, we are we're running short on time. Oh, I know. Yeah. I told you. It, I mean, it's it not like I like brought a, a 15 year old company sp- spanning. Let's see, a total of. I didn't, didn't even talk about a whole bunch of other animation that is really good that yeah. is canceled uh, or not continuing. Right. Um, but yeah. I appreciate just the time. Well, you will have to come back. Okay. Yes, you will. And at, and at different points, like, honestly, like, we can explore individual series as well. Like, because As you watch s- them, let me know. Some of these shows have been going for quite some time, and there's quite a bit, to my understanding, quite a bit of story to all of them, right? So, like, there's a lot. There's a lot, a lot, a lot there. We'll do Red versus Blue in two years. Oh, great. We'll finally catch up. Great. <laughs> like, I, mean, I, I got a, a mega collection that's the first 10 seasons, and now there's six more seasons. And I'm just like, <laughs> oh, come on, man. Help us out. Please. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking to see the first couple seasons, they're on Netflix, I believe. 
And, and they do cinematic cuts of Red of Red versus Blue, and yeah. actually of Ruby too. But I don't know if those are still on Netflix. I'm not sure because um, they started doing de- like actual like Blu-ray DVDs mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So like support the official release. Get get that sweet sweet physical media, buddies. <laughs> oh yeah. Plus, then you actually own it. They can't take it from you. I mean, they could like come to your house and take it from you, but that's illegal. There's that's also true. Re- there's also there's really fun. Uh, there's also really fun special features like on Red versus Blue. Since it's Machinima, they animate their bloopers. Because they, they just put them in engine really quick and, and have them do the blooper really quick and it's really fun and it's really silly. But um, there's a lot of great a lot of great special features on these DVDs and, and I would I would highly recommend any and all of them. Yeah. If you're interested. Um, this is a weird tangent, but like I really I really am coming to appreciate physical media because like when you're only doing streaming and, and like digital digital releases uh, you are at the mercy of licensing. So yep. like, if something's on Netflix, it's only on Netflix until it's the in- license ends. Mm-hmm. And then you have to find it somewhere else. And, and so like you pay $25 for the digital release of, say, Avengers Infinity War, and you quote unquote own it. And the second they decide on the other end that you don't, whoop, you yep. don't. Yeah. Um, so like, I mean, it, I feel like it's it's super worth it just for the sake that like, especially if it's something that you really like. Yeah. Um, dude, just fucking... Do it. And I'd say it. for episodic, for TV or episode, online episodic or whatever, it's great to have physical media because you could just kind of keep going instead of all right, hold on, let me find, click another link, load ads, whatever. Yeah, it's just cool. Let's just marathon the show, put in disc one and go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like something like this, I feel like the, uh, I feel, I really feel like the extra features will help in with that community feel because like then you are with that family and you're seeing how they create the content and and you're interacting with them and seeing how they interact with each other like i love behind the scenes just for Mm. that kind of thing oh yeah Yeah. like i learned most of what i learned about filmmaking growing up just by devouring commentaries and special features as (laughs) well like that's a free if you if you can't pay to go to a prestigious film academy that's like the next it really is the next best thing it won't put a camera in your hands but it might give you a greater sense of what to do if one is yeah and uh the the camp camp one specifically uh they there's a feature where you meet the whole team which isn't that big i I think it's it's 15 to 20 maybe even less than that um but you get to meet the team and understand what everybody does and then uh the co-director isa she has a feature where she shows just what it takes to animate like a, a, a small piece of dialogue or something, but she shows you shadowing and moving and and everything that they do in engine. It's essentially just a screen capture of the animation program that they use, and it's really interesting just to go that that's intensive just to have Max flip his hair. Right, it's crazy, but it's yeah, very interesting. Ah, oh, jeez, um, Mark, thank you for joining us thank you for like taking the time to chat with us about this this is really cool damn pleasure mm-hmm. man I'm, I'm glad to share this stuff with everybody especially it used to be weird being like hey i know you don't play video games but there's this halo comedy series that's kind of like clerks but now with with ruby and camp camp and nomad and ad nauseum all of the different great stuff like i can objectively say hey here's something good and it right. doesn't it doesn't matter what your level of interest in a various thing is though I'm sure 
describing Nomad as like a Samurai Jack-esque thing was probably pretty helpful to make you click on that. Um, <laughs> one of the Trigun and Samurai Jack were their main influences in like getting Nomad off the ground. But right. regardless, it's it's a I'm I love being able to talk about this stuff all the time to the point where as I pivot into promoting myself uh, to the point where uh, I'm a part of a weekly show on AfterBuzz TV Animation called Rooster Teeth Reviews where we talk about the various animated happenings of the of the company. Uh, this is, we're doing the season three finale of Camp Camp this week, and then we're starting to talk about Nomad of Nowhere next week, and we've got a lot of guests lined up for that show um, on various levels of writer, performer, uh, storyboard, a lot, a lot of people that are loving this new show that we're going to have in to come and, and talk to uh, talk to us about it with it and you can find the show on twitter at the rooster team you can find me on twitter at mark Bidonica. i've got a whole of way too many projects uh so i'll say if you like wrestling follow me if you like animation follow me uh if you like theme parks follow me because there's a new thing that i'm starting up with my wife pretty soon and uh just make sure to follow me on twitter for that but thank you gentlemen this was this was really cool yeah yeah we really appreciate having you bro um and we'll try to uh make sure to include your info in the description so that people can don't even have to leave their sweet sweet podcast app they'll just be like (laughs) clickety click and it's like fuck yeah subscribe to mark donica um that's what i do when i click on the podcast app (laughs) yeah I like to imagine you're only clicking your own things and you're like, Mark (laughs) Donica! Oddly enough, I do have a rap song about me. Oh, damn. Anyway. That's a, but that's that. a story for another time. <laughs> oh, I'm, yes. One day. When you come back, you need to tell us all about that. <laughs> that's what everybody's missing out on. The one time some friends in high school made a rap song about me. Anyway. <laughs> and that's the story. Ooh. <laughs> that premium uh, content. Uh, Lex, where can they find you? Oh, I, I'm all over social media <laughs> at the Lex Michaels. Like, it's my it's my turn to talk again. Jeez. Uh, yes. All over social media at the Lex Michael. Awesome. And you can find me at Tari J. That's T-A-U-R-I-J-A-Y. That's on Instagram and Twitter. You can also find me on another podcast called Ride or Dice. It's a actual play podcast. Uh, we use the Savage World system. It's space themed. I'm a tentacle monster. Um, it's very fun. Now I really want you guys to check it out. Show. Um, oh, on the show, I'm a regular <laughs> guy. I'm just doing a thing. No. Spacey. Um, <laughs> uh, we launch every other Monday. It's a, it's really fun. I hope you guys check it out. Um, once again, thank you, thank you, thank you, Mark. Um, and we will see you guys next week. Oh, man. We'll see you next week. I'm going to miss you. Sweet. We love you. I'm going to miss both of you. Come back. Come back, everybody. Come back. No, no, no. Keep going. Just keep going. Don't turn around. It'll make our heart hurt. Oh, no. That's track two. High pitch noises. Callbacks. Talking sounds. You should cut.